0: Minutes. Mm. I got it. I'm ready.
1: Okay. You mean start this off? You starting? I don't care. Greenville Turf & Tractor, established in 1985, is proud to serve one of the world's finest golf properties and superintendents in the country. It has been our mission to establish true partnerships that last forever and far exceed the traditional sales and service mentality. We are thankful for the opportunity and excited about the future. Thank you from all of us at Greenville Turf & Tractor for your business and, more importantly, your friendship. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the people appearing on the show and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas GCSA or the show's sponsors. You're listening to Pulling Weeds Off Course. Another installment of the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association official podcast with a focus on off-course industry folks and their relationships with superintendents in the Carolina's GCSA. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger.
0: Hey, and welcome in to Pulling Weeds Off Course, the official podcast of the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association. I'm one half of the hosting team, Alan Knight, joined by Tim Krieger. What's happening, Tim? Happy season two, everyone, of Off Course. Yep. Got a good one here. Going back to John Deere country for this one.
2: Yeah, I think it's great. So this will be maybe one of a couple of examples that we're going to try and utilize this year, maybe with golf course superintendents who have made a transition into the sales side.
0: Yep. And even get to hear a story, which the first time I've heard, of a guy going back into the maintenance our superintendent world after the, in the sales. We actually um we had a couple in the room this morning that have done that. Did we? Mm-hmm. Mister Dave Detmer as well. I didn't know many people in this room today.
2: Yeah, sorry. We were at the North South Turfgrass Association annual winter meeting, which is a breakfast meeting today.
0: Good breakfast. Good. Yeah.
2: Good speakers. Senator Todd Johnson from Union County came. What a dynamic individual,
0: huh? Yeah, I enjoyed listening to him talk.
2: I uh, it's. Did everyone just hear that? Alan just said he enjoyed listening to a legislator, an elected official, speak.
0: Well, he's a—he's not like he's a seasoned veteran. He's fairly new at that being a uh, senator, I believe, correct? No, this is his, his uh, freshman term, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Younger guy,
2: early 40s, uh, cigar company owner, if you will. Yep, uh,
0: insurance company owner.
2: That's it. Just happens to own a couple cigar shops as well. Right, right. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, but, anyways, I'm looking forward to talking to Rick. Uh, not only does he have a fellow Santa beard like myself, but uh, just an all around great guy. One of those folks that you like to know. Um, somebody that you can always go
0: hang out with no matter where you are. He's definitely into running for beard of the year 2020. See, I don't know. Huh? I mean, from a maintenance standpoint, but you got to look at your maintenance budget when you compare it up. True, us. true. He's got a good maintenance budget, apparently.
2: I just, I laugh. I mean, I hear all these podcasts about these monthly subscription things, you know, for like toothbrushes and grooming and care. He's just such a candidate for that. Like, the balm should show up every
0: third month. Oh, it should, but he probably doesn't buy that junk. He gets his own high-end stuff.
2: I feel like he climbs a mountain in the Himalayas to see that guy for his beeswax. He bragged about it so much. (laughs)
0: Well, let's get into it. It's going to
2: start with a beard. Let's do it. He ran long. Let's listen to Rick, everybody. Hey, Happy New Year, and thanks for joining us again for Season 2.
0: Vereens has had the honor to serve the Carolinas since 1962. We've met many people along the way that prefer our customer-blended fertilizers and turf products. It's those relationships that make our industry special. At Vereens, you'll find all your fertilizer, chemical, and turf supplies at a fair price.
2: Happy to have a, a, a close friend, if you will, a partner in the industry, and um, just an all-around good fellow here with us today, Mr. Rick Henderson.
3: Welcome in, Rick. Hey. Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Is it still morning? Uh, it's, yeah, it's 11.08. It's, well, 11, 11, it's not quite noon. Yeah. It feels like
2: 3 p.m. with these lights on us. <laughs> <laughs> it's bright in here. <laughs> we'll take a picture where so everybody can see those. Hopefully they can see those and that you're getting my good side Um because between the two of us, there's no color in these beards.
3: <laughs> Not a bit. That's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> Although he has out bearded you. Well,
3: oh, you want to just start with that then? I, I'm, uh, I'm due for a trim. I got a barber's appointment at four today. I would have gone earlier, but, you know. I'd say leave it. Let's so, just start
0: there
2: it. with personal grooming. Something we have yet to touch on <laughs> on Pulling Weeds ever. All right. <laughs> Beard differences. Okay. Okay. Let's just imagine mine was the same length as his. Yep. Because it, we've had similar lengths before. Yep. All right. What's the difference you notice? His is fuller. Okay. Uh, Aside from the genetic component it. looks it.
0: smoother, straighter. Yes.
2: yes. Okay. And why is that, Rick? Well, why does yours look smoother, I
3: th- fuller? I believe uh, I believe me and you had a conversation about this at the, the We meeting, have. But this is for the at, world. At Clemson. But um, I think... Uh, I, I learned some things about men in life. If okay. you're gonna if you're gonna grow a proper beard, if you're growing a proper beard, it actually is probably more work than shaving every morning. If you're gonna do it the right way, which includes I mean I I, I four p.m. I have little, appointments. No, I mean I, I have a barber. I do I do I do have a barber trim mine. I, I don't trust myself to do it, so I do make a barber appointment to get it like you know shaped. How up. often? I usually go do the well. I, I'm I'm due now because I kind of went holiday style, you know. Figured it's a festive to kind of look a little bit more like Santa. So I kind of <laughs> let it uh, let it go through the holiday. So actually, I haven't been to see the barber since before conference and show. But I'm due, oh, I'm wow. d- due to go today. So it's not so, like every two weeks. No, but I mean, technically, I usually usually I do try to go every two to three weeks. Now, do you get your haircut
2: as well, or just your beard? No,
3: hair and beard at the same time. Okay, all right, gotcha. So the reason we're
2: going through all this, Alan, is there's another point to this.
0: You're trying to tell me I don't grow a proper beard. I understand.
3: Oh no, I don't either. But wait, it yeah. gets better. Okay.
2: What do you have to do every morning to make it look well, that
0: smooth and shea butter? Right. A, wait, for, let him tell.
3: Well, I, I do. I mean, um, it's a program. It's right. So yeah. I, I, it's kind of like your greens. I use. Uh, <laughs> you got to get on the right program. I, I do use a beard balm. I do blow dry it in the mornings wow. out of the shower. I do use a round brush. This is all going to come back to haunt me when I realize I put this much effort into this beard. Um, but, no, I, I do uh, – there's a there's a company in Charlotte called um, Queen City Beard Company. I'm trying to give them a shameless plug, but their there products go. are good, I like their scents. If you've got a Twitter so, handle, it's at Queen City something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have uh, – but um, the um, – but no, I, I use the a, a beard balm, which is more has more beeswax in it. it kind of gives you a little bit more hold. Keeps hairs from kind of. What did you going call those? No, well, flyaways.
2: I always call them wanderers. Call I've them got. Yeah.
0: Wow, so, we're learning a lot this morning, correct? So, yeah. Other than being a beard expert, what do you do for a living? So I am
3: the territory. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on.
2: What? We didn't, what do you have to do before you go to bed every night with your beard
3: now? So I I, I use I use well I know I use oil at, Did you see his I, face? I use oil at night. I put oil in at night before I go to bed. Does that not get yeah. on your pillow? Ah, not too bad. Okay. it makes me smell? Do you good. share your pillow is that an issue? <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's all
2: mine. <laughs> all right, sorry Alan. I'm done with the beard now. So he's if you a, want to
0: get back into the regularly
3: scheduled podcast. He's a real life beard expert, but he does something else for a living. So uh so yeah, I am uh, a territory sales manager for Greenville Turf and Tractor. Nice. Um, my sales territory is pretty much the Greater Charlotte area and part of the upstate. And by Greater Charlotte, I probably go west to Rutherford, east to Uori Forest, north, south, it's probably Mooresville, Salisbury area, and then south down just north of Columbia, and then down through parts of the upstate. Wow. So, and
2: that's the upstate of South Carolina.
3: Yes. Bear in mind, we have listeners in Australia and Scotland, and
2: bots in Russia, right? My man has been listening. (laughs) That's right. Uh, How about this this morning? um, I'm going to leave him unnamed just for later, but he'll know that I'm talking about him. had one of our members who I, I'll just say, I sat next to him, and he came up to me after the breakfast. He's like, Tim, I've been been taking some notes. Uh Uh-oh. I think we can help you with this program. He's like all these cedars you keep talking about, man, I can come help you one day. Like, you, you just need some stuff spread. He's like, after that visual you gave of Ohupi, he's right. like, can I just go next time? Yeah, I was like, dude, you come seed the hunt club. You can go to hoopy whenever you want. I'll send you instead of calling Rhett myself. That's funny. But it, he had like this whole list that he'd been putting together of all the different podcasts. Right. Of all the stuff I'd apparently been asking for. Yeah. And says, oh, there's like, a shamelessly ton. Yeah. Stuff
0: oh,
3: okay. every time.
0: We haven't, the Wesley Bryan episode hadn't come out yet, but he, he walked away with like a goodie bag of stuff.
2: Well, you know, a brown paper bag full of golf shirts. Is there anything? <laughs> Literally.
0: <laughs> and a wedge and some Taco Bell balls. Well,
2: how many gloves did you get, Alan? Zero. Oh,
0: that's right. I did. Yeah. Um, All I got is John Deere hats. I was about to say, Tim, do you, I'll, I'll definitely take a John Deere hat. Oh, oh, oh. Uh,
2: it's not me this time. It's Alan. Well,
0: I've got STI hats from the golf tournament. I don't have a John Deere hat. I'm just saying, if I don't
2: ask for anything the rest uh, of this podcast, you have this Oh, uh, I got gotcha. you.
0: Well, what do you need for the farm? What can he help you with?
3: Well, his
0: um, manager...
2: His name is Pate Kincaid, correct? Pate Kincaid. Your your immediate supervisor. Yeah,
3: so you're Pate's regional sales manager. He's who I report to. So
2: the funny thing is, Alan, that club that I keep referring to, Uh Pate and I are members of the same place. Oh, are you? (laughs) Uh, I don't don't think
3: Pate's hunted much this year. Once. He's the kind of members you like. I'm sure he's been hit up. (laughs) Just kidding, Pate. I'm just kidding. Do you live in Greenville? I live in Charlotte. Actually, uh, Harrisburg, which is in Cabarrus County. That's north of Charlotte. I live right Right behind the um, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Oh, beautiful! So. so I got a place to stay. Come All Star Race. Oh yeah, I got yeah. plenty of bedrooms. Yeah, so <laughs> that's two things you've hit him up for. <laughs>
0: I'm learning. It's 2020. I'm going to go Krieger in 2020.
3: I love <laughs> it. Now hold on, you're a NASCAR guy too. Uh, you know, I don't. I actually don't watch it much anymore. I think this whole this season, I, I watched uh, some of the Daytona 500, and then I called a few races. I grew up a big. Uh, pretty big NASCAR fan and the pretty big NASCAR family. Uh, I grew up in Danville, Virginia, which is right on the North Carolina line. It's not far from Martinsville, yeah. and so as a kid growing up, you know, we used to go to most. We'd go to both Martinsville races. We would um, go to North Wilkesboro sometimes. Go down to Rockingham when that track was still open. Um, Can you get him Richmond. tickets? That's where I'm going. No, I don't. I don't need- you know, I use, and then when I was on the superintendent side um, at Skybrook, you know, we had a. Um, we had some NASCAR executives who were members there. It was easier for me when I was in, in that part of my life to be able to, sure. to go to races. Um, Rubbing ain't racing no more? Not well, like, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just, I don't know. It's, I, I enjoyed it a lot more when I was, uh, a lot more when I was younger. And, and um, I don't know. It's like there's some guys that retired recently that, uh, you know, Tony Stewart retired. He Matt was a, Kenseth retired. I liked both of those guys. And, you know, once they kind of hung it up, you know. But Home Depot's
2: still open, right? Home Depot is still open. Even without Tony. All right, well, let's let's get out of NASCAR. Let's go on. Um, you mentioned Danville. Yes. Why would that ring a bell? Do you have to go through there to get to Primland?
3: Uh, Primland is west of Danville. So Primland's in Meadows of Dan, and um, okay. basically, you know, not to go off a tangent, but Danville's named after the Dan River, which flows through it, and Meadows of Dan is kind of where the Dan River begins. So it begins as a stream up there in that part of Virginia, and then, you know, you can – you can basically almost walk up, walk across it. There at measures a day, and by the time it gets to Danville, it's a you know it's a. What's the difference? Forty miles? No, it's probably a little more than that. It's probably I don't know an hour hour and a half. Okay. So, um, but um, yeah, you just head head west on fifty eight from Danville and Danville. Uh, so you do if you go up through. I mean, if you go 29 up towards Lynchburg or, or Charlottesville, then yeah. typically, if you were leaving from most places on this part of North Carolina, you probably would go through Greensboro. It's just, it's right above Greensboro, probably <laughs> that's 45 right minutes. Bell.
2: Okay. Because that's a, the thing is. You go up there and then turn to go to like Mount Erie, maybe. You go through there if you're going up that way?
3: Yeah. I mean, you would go to, you, I think you, you would kind of go through Martinsville, I guess, if you were kind of, or you would go towards Martinsville if you were kind of going towards Mount Airy. It's a little bit west. Okay. But, um, but Dan was on the line, and I grew up on the south side of of the town, so I wasn't far from the. I mean, you could probably hit a seven iron in North Carolina from where I grew up. So, um, so where are you in relation to the Mason Dixon line? The Mason Dixon line's in Maryland, actually. That's way down. south, way north. Yes, yeah, so hey
2: man, this is for everybody. Like, I get it.
0: There was a member at Florence Country Club <laughs> who used to. They would call me Yankee, and he'd say, "No, no, no, I'm south of Mason Dixon. He's from Maryland." Sure. Yeah. Right,
3: he made so, that
2: a fact. So you were born and raised in Virginia.
3: Born and raised in Virginia, um, and um, actually, I guess you know probably three generations of my family. I guess from that that part of Virginia, right there along the along the border, and um, so I was raised in uh, in Virginia, and. Um, um, so, y'all
2: have some land there? Were you, were you farmers, row croppers? No, no uh, Danville. Blacksmiths?
3: No, Danville's a textile town, like a lot of other places in the okay. south. Uh, the mill is long since gone. Um, people in my family probably originally came to Danville to work in textiles. Uh, my parents didn't. Um, but I still grew up in um, a little neighborhood in Danville called Schoolfield, which essentially was a mill village. Most of the homes there had been built by the mill back in the day. Neat. um, um just a small small little community I mean well I say it's probably it's bigger than most you know sub modern subdivisions but all the streets are in rows you know my grandparents were literally two streets over yeah. from where I grew up so um, good good community to grow up in i still mean, a family there my my mom and dad uh, are still in Danville and I have uh, I have um, a grandmother who's who's nine. it turns 90 in February and she's still in Danville how cool so you and, get you get home a good bit I do. Uh, it only takes about two hours from Charlotte for me to get up there and, awesome. and visit with them. So, um, my dad just fully retired this year. He had a couple of years ago. He'd gone to kind of semi-retired. He finally has hung it up. Mom's still working. But um, how are they getting along now? Well, uh, you know they're <laughs> for good better, I think, for better for worse, but not for I, lunch. I, I think mom won't retire because I think you know she does. She knows that you know, she might spend too much time with him. So she's still out, okay. Yes, sir. yeah, that's the yes, favorite line the retirees yes.
2: say: for better, or for worse, but not for lunch. Yes, like when they get home together every day, and they're both retired, they're like, "What? Are we, who are you?" Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's. Uh, I don't think she's. She's hung it up yet. Maybe that. That's probably it. Maybe she's worried she'll. She'll kill him if she spends that much time with him. So, do you
2: do you brush that during the day as well? He can't get no, past the beard.
3: No, no, because. Um, well, it looks I, like it curls I mean, under when it hits his shirt collar, so I'm well, a little concerned for That's kind of my. Um, that's fine. The, the, the curls are, are my, my cue of when I definitely need to go see the barber. Yeah, you know, I get them so. underneath when it starts pulling, back, but okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just think
2: you might have had pinched nerve in your right arm. You couldn't blow dry that side or something.
3: No, it, one side curls more than the other. This side lays a little better. This one kind of Hashtag problems. Bit. Hashtag yeah. Santa problems is yeah. what it should be.
0: So, how did a young man from Danville get into the golf course superintendent business? Damn. So,
3: so the, the the neighborhood that I grew up in, Schoolfield, there was a um, there was a golf course there, um, just down the street. Um, it's called Southern Hills now, but it was called Glen Oak Golf Club for most of its uh, most of its existence. And um, it was just down the street. And as a my, my dad played golf there, it was kind of a um, I guess you see it was a blue-collar type club. Most of the people that played golf there probably worked for the people that remembers at Danville Golf Club. And, All right. um But it was a type of place, you know that you know guys like if you if your job was you know driving the coke or the beer truck, you know you'd see guys that would just get off work and just you know put spikes on with their uniform and go out and you know <laughs> play golf. And so, um, and you know my my dad uh, my dad you know blue mostly you know pretty much a blue-collar guy um, and so. <laughs> He played golf there, was a member there, and it was a nice, cool little place, you know, as far as, um, I mean, they had a pool, and we were members, and so when I turned 15, you know, I wanted to get a job, and I really didn't want to do, I didn't want to do uh, fast food, I didn't really want to do, I didn't want to, didn't want to bag groceries, I right. wanted to do something a little different, and there was a kid in the neighborhood, was a couple years older than me, and he had worked at, at Glen Oak as a as a cart attendant so he just kind of ran carts from the cart barn up to the up to the pro shop and that's a job I really wanted and so you know I asked my dad you know can I get a job over at the golf course you know as a cart kid you know it's what I really wanted to do and so he said I'll talk to some guys over there and so you know, a few weeks later, he comes in from around to golf and he says, You know, I got you a job over at the golf course. And I'm like, stoked. great, this is, I'm going to get to, you know, drive golf carts, you know, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I thought, This would be awesome. And so then I said, You know, great. And he's like, Yeah, you need to report to the greenskeeper. And, um, and and so I and you know I was like you know what he's like no he said you're you're going to work on the you're going to work on the grounds screw over there is what you're going to do it's and, called uh,
2: weed eating son yes and so
3: <laughs> you know unbeknownst to me like, you know my dad had met with um, you know the the, um, the guys Charles Harris was uh, Charles Harris is a guy that was uh, in charge there as far as uh, I don't know if they really even called Charles the superintendent maybe they probably those guys probably called him greenskeeper but. Charles is still in the Carolinas, or he was. It worked in Virginia, but he at a place that's kind of east, up towards the line. I, I probably won't ever pronounce it right. It's uh, called uh, Chacayote or Chacayote Country Golf Club. It's a little little club up there. But so I went to work for Charles, and unbeknownst to me, my dad had kind of you know had an agreement with him that look, you know, I'm not asking for any favors. I just like to really, I would like for you to just work the hell out of this kid so that he actually, you know, goes and gets a decent. <coughs> white collar job you know i think that's what my dad's you know he would that 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 i would they would work me to the point where i would i would not want to have to do any hard (laughs) hard labor labor and motivate me to to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that or sales or, or sales and um so i did that for like five summers and and part time and then um I really, I, I stayed in Danville two years after high school. I went to community college for a couple of years and really didn't know really kind of what I wanted to do. And So uh, so long and short, I, I eventually kind of just embraced it. I enjoyed doing it. And then um, I enrol- after community college, I enrolled at Virginia Tech and did their four-year uh, turf program. And, you know, part of it, the- growing up close to North Carolina, I guess, you know, we always, if, if you needed to go to a bigger city, you drove to Greensboro. You didn't really go anywhere in Danville. You just drove over the over the line 45 minutes to Greensboro, down 29. And so kind of identified with North Carolina, identified with North Carolina golf after being kind of starting in the industry. Everybody talked about, you know, Pinehurst and stuff like that. And I had worked on, Gors- on the courses I had worked on, you know, were bent grass greens, Bermuda grass uh, fairways. And so I kind of wanted to do that. So um, while I was at Virginia Tech. I came back to Danville first summer. Worked for Mark Vaughn at Goodyear Golf Club, and um, which, by the way, if anybody's ever up in that area, that neck of the woods, that is a gem of a golf course. So and think, Mark's a gem of a man. Yes, Mark's a great guy. Been a great mentor to me over the years. But that's a great golf course, and I don't know if people know about it, but there's a, a tire and rubber plant in Danville that, that uh, operates a golf course, and Mark's been there for. Gosh, I don't even know if I could guess how long Mark's been there. But he Mark pretty much built the backside of that golf course like three holes at a time. Huh. Um, they did it all in house and it's a it's a neat place.
2: So how crazy is this? We're in Scotland. Me and Dougie. Doug Lowe. Okay. You're Greensboro guy. Yeah. Having dinner with Donald Steele in the new course clubhouse. Right. Because he did the Jubilee. So that's the team, clubhouse, et cetera, right, for the, those other courses, not the old course. Who comes walking in and up? None other than Mark Vaughn and Dick Fisher and <laughs> David Chalmers and like eight of them from Virginia. Was it Steve Vessel? Al name? Aragone, maybe, something. Anyways, come cruising in. couple of meet with us. A couple of them go play golf. It was the damnedest yeah. thing, but we had met them through the Verlina Cup right, for years. So, yeah. I mean, we'd probably know mark and dick for six or seven years by that point but um not to interrupt but i just think it's crazy as hell those relationships right how small yes. this golfing world is this guy who's a mentor to you we're bumping into over at the old course you know and anyhow
3: yeah yeah mark's a mark's a, a mark's a great guy i I'd, I'd only worked one one uh one summer for mark um and basically what i was trying to do is work at a place a little bit nicer than Glen Oak, you know, and then I knew I was one more summer. I was at Virginia Tech for three years, so I basically was going to have two summers to kind of work, and, um, so Mark was, um, Dave Chalmers is who actually told me, he's like, you know, you're from Danville, we should go back and work for Mark Vaughn, and I think that was maybe summer of 96, I think, and, um, and, uh, you know, Mark, Mark had me do uh, everything that was unpleasant on the golf course that summer, you know, um, and it got to the point where any time it would come over the radio, it, Mark was a player coach anyway, and uh, so, you know, if we were edging bunkers, Mark was out there edging bunkers with us, you know. It was like, you know, he didn't, didn't afford the staff to just kind of be the taskmaster that rode around, so he was out there in the trenches with us. And
0: What was the worst thing you did that summer?
3: So, there's a, I mean, it, I could put everything out that Mark had me do that summer, but it, it would probably, you'd probably have to, have to put an online poll up for people to decide what was the worst. <laughs> it got to the point where when anything came over the radio that was unpleasant, I would just like drop the tools and just walk to the cart because I knew that it was going to be me. But <laughs> that includes, you know, anybody that had a bathroom accident that summer. I was, was going to ask about the issues. I was issues. the one that had to clean the on course bathroom. Um, we had a pond turnover that year. Mark literally had me out there with a five gallon bucket and um and a uh, and waders uh, getting mm. you know dead fish out of the pond. That was probably the most most unpleasant for me. Yeah, and then um you know I think we had a a, a dead skunk in the middle of the eighth fairway one time. And, and like I said, we're out edging bunkers and you know just they call from their pro shop. You know, Mark Miss um, Such and Such just called. And there's a dead skunk in the eighth fairway, and I just like. I just put down. <laughs> I just put down my stuff and went to the car I, was like, I knew he was going to help me go do it. And then, you know, as as I progressed, you know, further into my career, you know, I'd, I would I'd mess with him about that, and you know, he'd say, you know, look, if you were going to, if you're going to be in this business, you needed to know that, you know, it ain't all, it ain't all pleasantries. You know, there's some stuff that you know you got to do that you probably don't want to do. And um, so, um, so, so it was good for me. I mean, did was, he get you linked up with Brian? No, uh, actually what happened with, um, with, with that was uh, the second the second summer uh, before my senior year at Virginia Tech, I, uh, I worked at CCNC, and um, I think I was the first.
2: For Ron or for George?
3: Well, Ron was there, but George was in charge. So, oh. so, so George was there, and then back then it was, I think Doug Lowe had not been long left from there, so Doug Lewis, who's at um, Porter's Neck. Was there with Ron, and so Ron was at Ron was kind of over Dogwood then, and Doug was over. So you worked um, for Cardinal, Mark Vaughn, and George Thompson. Yes, keep going. This so, is a good line. So I worked. I, what was interesting about that deal with? I wanted to go to Pinehurst. I wanted to go to that area. I wanted to work, and I really wanted to work at the resort. And um, so I had applied at Pinehurst, and I thought, you know, as many golf courses they had there, surely somebody was probably going to hire me. And there've been. Other guys at Virginia Tech that had gone to Pinehurst and worked, and um, so this was back in the day when you know you sent a, you sent resumes off via uh, the mail. You didn't email resumes; you didn't have really have that option. I guess internet was internet, and that stuff was kind of in its infancy. So you actually, you know, did it, put it in a packet, you mailed it, and then uh, you'd go to class, and then you'd wait, and then you'd come. Back to your apartment, and then you would look at your answering machine, and if it was blinking, you know you would hope you would hope that maybe it was somebody who was calling you back, and not that, dad, <laughs> right? You know, th- th- yeah, it's not your your parents or your your mom calling to check on you, but it was actually going to be somebody that wanted to employ you. And when I had uh, when I when I sent, I remember I remember talking to Dave Chalmers in his office, and I he said, you know, where have you sent resumes to? And I told him Pinehurst, and then. um as I was leaving, I said, Is there some other place you think I should send a resume to down there in that area? And he said, Send one to George Thompson at um country club of North Carolina. And so um so I, I went home that I went home that evening and kinda got the stuff together just like I had done with Pinehurst and and uh and sent it down there and, and um so a few weeks later I get a uh I get a call. I mean, I, I, I come home and my, the red light's blinking on the answering machine, and I play it, and it's actually it was actually Paul Jett calling. You know, and I had been hoping that I would get to work at number two because this was '98 or no, so this was '97. They were going to have the open in in uh, in ninety nine. so it was going right before that. and I figured it would be. So it was it's Paul Jett, So I called him back, and we set up a time. And of course, you know, we, he was, was able to see me on a Saturday, and so I called. Um, I called um, called CCNC to talk to you know talk to George, told him I was coming down for an interview at Pinehurst, and he said, "Yeah, I'll be here. Just when you get done up there, just you know ride down here and and I'll get with you." And so I met with I, I you know met Bob Fair and I met Paul Jet at Pinehurst, and I drove down the road to meet George, and um, you know nobody <coughs> excuse me <coughs> sorry so nobody at Virginia Tech had ever gone. A lot of guys had gone to Pinehurst, but nobody had worked for George yet uh, as far as being an intern and um i just was i was kind of in awe of the guy i mean we went down there and he had research plots out behind his out behind the maintenance shop and he was doing all this all this work with state and i just remember you know being a a young student at turfgrass that he just i, know, I was just i was kind of blown away by the guy it was one of those things when i left i was like here i like just have been dying to work at Piner's number 2 and then made a decision just to decide to go to work at to work that summer at, at um at CCNC and that's kind of what, <clears throat> what led me to you know my first job out of college, which kind of got me in with Brian, which led to me working at Old Chatham with him and that kind of Brian Powell, that is Brian Powell. Yeah. So then you went from CCNC to Old Chatham. So no, after CCNC, you went back and finished up school, and then um, I wanted to go back down to the Sand Hills and work, and um, so I'd sent some resumes out and. Um, Ended up landing at a place called Legacy Golf Links, right off of yeah, Five Hundred One. Sure. And um, when I went to work there as an assistant, um, at this beach? Uh it's at it's at uh, it's in Pine it's in okay. P- Aberdeen okay. or okay. you know it's in the Pinehurst area. Um, when I went to, um, I went. They hosted the um, they were the host site for the two thousand Women's Amateur Public Links, so they were going to be hosting a USGA event, which was Thanks. something that I would kind of wanted to do, and um, so I went went to work there after college, and uh, worked there for two years. And the um, the Shaw the Shaw's the Shaw family based out of Cartersville, Georgia. They still own that golf course, but at the time, the Shaw's owned um, owned several different golf courses. Sorry, I'm laughing at and, Tim. What just happened? So Brian had uh, <laughs> so so Brian worked for the Shaw's. So Le- Legacy Golf Links was actually Brian's first. Um, First head superintendent's job um working for working for those guys and um that's not where his father was no brian's dad was at uh sanford okay. you know, sanford municipal but uh so brian had, had been an assistant um at uh, i think governor's club uh, for when ron when ron hall was there and then he had left governor's club and came down to legacy golf link so that was brian's first and then he left there and went to texas well, Atlanta. So That's basically, yeah. So yeah. basically, they, 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 uh, they. I think that the the, the Shaws uh, had this little company, Legacy Golf Management, and they had a course in Williamsburg, Virginia, and then one down there in Pinehurst, and a couple down in Atlanta. And they kind of brought. I think they they were. I think they were going to go bigger, you know, because we're talking about late nineties. The golf boom is still going on, so I think they were going to kind of go bigger, and um, so they kind of moved Brian into like a corporate position gotcha. um, of. Um, kind of a director of agronomy sure. type thing. And then he I think he went to Atlanta for a little while and then uh, Brian's assistant moved up, uh, Mike Norton is his name. So Mike Norton moved up. He's still there at Legacy as a superintendent. So Mike moved up and then uh that allowed him to be able to hire some new assistants. And then so two years I worked there is kind of where I met Brian. And then um I was actually after the public links was about I was thinking about going back to Virginia to work. And um um, Mike tells me one day, he's like, you know, don't make any decisions yet. So I think Brian and I already kind of talked to him. Uh, that You know, Brian wanted to kind of get back to the Carolinas, and he had been talking to those guys at, at Old Chatham. And so, um, so you know, you know, Brian just shows up one day at Legacy after I'd been there for a couple of years and was like, look, I'm going to be doing this project up in, in the Raleigh-Durham area. And he's like, I'd like for you to be my assistant. And, you know, pre- pretty much just kind of told me it's job's yours unless you tell me you don't want it and um so I went up there and met him and it was kind of funny because we go up there and they had just like started building the place and um they had kind of rough shaped the back side but the front side had just barely been it was still logging trails through there it had barely been grubbed out there were still stumps and and Brian had uh, flown up from Atlanta met me in Raleigh and um he had rented this like forward Focus um <coughs> rental car is what he had gotten from the, the rental booth and um Brian uh, showed me that golf course in the Ford Focus. I, and I am talking about riding over stumps and ruts and through the mud and everything? The tiniest little, little car. There, there's there's no way that he was able to keep his deposit after he returned that thing. <laughs> but the um, so club, fr- club might have bought that car. Well, I, 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 I don't know about that, but it, it was uh, so it was a little weird. I mean, that that was that was his that was was what he had rented. So we I rode, think he likes doing that.
2: Well, touring people like that because the first two times I went, right, was in the avalanche yeah. before he got in the accident, right. Pull into maintenance, get in the avalanche, drive the golf course, come back, yeah, and that's it. Like there were no clubs involved, right. Second time, it's the Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> We've gone through a year him being the president, right. I've shown up at this shop unannounced a couple times, you know, just surprised him when I'm in the area. I mean, we're as you can imagine, talking all year long. Second tour, all the way around and come back. And I get out of the car, and I looked at him that time. I said, hey, man, at what point in time am I going to be able to bring golf clubs out here? And he started talking about something else. And I was like, look, I heard Pat O'Brien was playing out here the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, Pat plays out here all the time. (laughs) Kept moving on to something else. And it was like a little, you know, something stuck in the crawl there. I'm like, dude, what I got to do? You know? (laughs) So long story short, I had uh, another friend who was a member there. Through the Association of Execs of North Carolina and invited us to come play one time. And I called Brian and I was like, hey, man, I got invited to come play by so and so. (laughs) And I think he made some smart comments to the effect of, that's about the only way I'm going to get you out here or something. It's kind of like an ongoing joke, but anyhow.
3: So I I ended up, you know, I I obviously took the job and went up there. And um, that's a, you know, it's a great place. I don't think anybody has to. um, How long were you there? Four years. So I. Went to work for Brian in 2000 they were just building the golf course I stayed there through um, construction go in and then I think a couple years as um, for maintenance' um, a couple years so 2000 and 2004 and then in the summer of 2004 is when I moved to Charlotte to Skybrook Golf Club which what was, was the draw there what was the appeal superintendent job well i i- i was, i was ready for the next step. I think you know Brian felt like I was ready for the next step um matter of fact, I think Brian had kind of told me that you know he didn't know if he could justify paying me more as an assistant, so it was kind of like one of those nudges you know of um you know go spread your wings and um we had um you know we'd explored a lot of, a lot of opportunities Brian had always been great about helping me out any way he could um with uh with that stuff you know as far as you know keeping me in the know of Leads and um, you know even calling in connections for me and stuff like that and you know Brian had said you know when he first hired me he's like you know old Chatham's going to be special but he said you know subsequently the guys that come behind you after you know we've kind of made a, a better name for ourselves we're not quite as new they're probably going to have a easier path into a superintendent's job than you may have because you know we're we're kind of the new kid on the block sure. here in the in the Raleigh Durham area and. Um, so, I mean, but still, I, I still was through. I mean, some, of these, some guys now, their assistants, they end up being assistants for a lot longer than I was. I mean, I, I spent two years at Legacy Golf Links and then four years at Old Chatham, so six years. And then um, the, the Skybrook thing for me, the Shawls, the Shaws, the same family that owned Legacy Golf Links, that you know, that connection, they uh, they owned Skybrook at the time. And um, so they needed a superintendent, and that was kind of how that worked. And so... Um, It's almost
0: like they promoted within, then really.
3: Well, yeah. So I mean, I I had spent you know four years away from them working for Brian, but you know they still valued Brian's opinion enough to be able to call him and say we we've got a opening in Charlotte, and you know um, when Skybrook was being built, I had actually visited the site when I was an assistant at Legacy, so I was kind of familiar with the property, Um, and um, it was a good it was a good job to take as a first as your as your first. opportunity to be a superintendent because, you know, you're going, a lot of a lot of times I think you get a job and you go into completely unfamiliar territory. I was going into a deal where I um, was somewhat familiar with the golf course, but I was also um, already had a relationship with, with the, the powers that be. The the general manager that was there, Mike Riddle, who's in Charlotte now at Pine Island Country Club. Um, Mike had been the um, head golf pro at Legacy Golf Links when I was there. He had been he was the GM at Skybrook. And then uh, a lot of the powers that be that, well, that worked for the Shawls at the time were still kind of overseeing some of the stuff for the golf course. So there was some familiarity there, you know, for me to be able to go in and saying, okay, well, you know, this is my first opportunity to be the super, a superintendent. But, you know, I'm also not going to completely – I'm not going to have to learn everything. Sure. I mean, I already have a rapport with the people I'm going to be, you know, working with, people I'll be answering to. So it it was actually – It was a good fit. I mean, it. it, Um, and and you know, Charlotte was a Charlotte was. I've I've been here longer than I was than I've just about lived anywhere else except for maybe except for Danville. When and um, so um, and it's getting close to the point where I think um, I think I lived in North Carolina longer than I have Virginia now. But um, those are your
2: only two states ever.
3: Only two states. Yeah.
2: So what Alan doesn't know or maybe hasn't heard, like, from an insider perspective and in talking with others is that it, from, you may not have ever heard anybody say it, and I might not say it the right way. But um, so during that time that you're talking about, that assistant period, et cetera, uh, you were, had a pretty good reputation from what I understand. Very could have been, I dare say, sought after. Maybe it's not the right word. But um, there are some folks who thought a lot about what you were doing and that you know uh, from a superintendent position given different sets of circumstances along the way could probably still be if not you know wanted to be in a unique situation at a high-end place so um, it's interesting to see here we are talking about but there's some folks who carry a pretty pretty good banner
3: for you and, and, and you know and I, and I do appreciate that I I, um, I didn't I didn't you know I didn't I, don't, I I would. You know. Wouldn't sit here and say that. I, you know, I'm in sales now, but I wouldn't sit here and say that when I graduated from Virginia Tech that that was ever on really the radar that I was going to do sales. I, I was. You know. It was going to be. Um, it was going to be on the superintendent side. That was what I wanted to do. And the long and short of it is, in, my tenure at Skybrook ended up being ten years, and um, it was just kind of the tale of two different. It was. It was like you know five good years and then five really bad years, and um, you know essentially. Um, halfway through my tenure, tenure the, the, the Shaw's um decided to sell the golf course. And um it was in two thousand and I guess two thousand and eight, uh, two thousand and nine. And it was right when things were tough right, already. Yeah, right when, when things it, were tough. yeah. I guess, you know, at the time the truth of the matter is is like, you know, if that had probably that sale had probably been a couple of months later, it would have been it would have hit during the credit crunch. I don't even know if the new owner maybe could it probably couldn't even have he might not have been able to secure the funds that even bought it. But um but you know the, the the Shaws are good people and 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 they're they're business people and and you know that uh, it was an asset to them and 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 um and you know I think somebody said hey the the time is right to uh to sell this golf property in Charlotte and um and so that's what they did and you know unfortunately it's just you know the the um the new regime that bought it just really wasn't interested in so you left in thirteen fourteen I left in uh I started. Technically, I, I, my, my last full year was 13. Yeah. Uh, but, okay. cause I, 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 but I worked a little bit in the early part of 14. I think I started with, uh, I think I went to work for Greenville in January. I worked one week before I had to be in Orlando for uh, GIS. So you were on
2: the legislative committee in 13 then, that last year? I was on the legislative. 12?
3: Well, I was on the legislative committee, uh, which, you know, Brian was the one that kind of got me involved with that. And um, that would have been gosh Tim I think 11 12 yeah it might have been 11 something like that I think
2: so because we had just done that first economic impact study
3: right yeah
2: so I'm going to say it I'm going to tell it okay we need a little levity in here Okay. Or do you want to you want to share your? No, version? I
3: don't. I don't mind. I don't mind telling it. It's a, it's a good story, uh, and it, it's it's stuck to me pretty good. And um, there's a lot worse things that could stick to you, but um, I'll try not to interrupt too much. But I definitely have a good
2: visual <laughs> well, from well, when the well,
3: elevator doors opened that morning. Well, the thing is, is that you know you have you, you witness this, so you get to <laughs> you know you have your own perspective on what happened. But um, so you know, Brian Powell had asked me to be on this. Um, he said at the time, you know, that I think they were trying to. Um, you know, some of the guys on the board were, you know, potentially looking at me as, as you know, possible board service on the Carolinas, and, and so Brian had said, you know, the first part of that is you need to get on some committees, and he says, I think you know, a good fit for you would be do. I think I, I, I did uh, government relations, and I also did conference and trade show committee for a couple oh, yeah. of years. Yeah, yeah, when Steve was the chairman, I think so. Yeah, okay. and so, um, so G- North Carolina Golf Day, I guess April two thousand eleven. I'm thinking that's about sure the about the same we'll go with that so um they want everybody to be up there and it's a big deal and 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 so we're staying in the, um maybe it was the sheraton correct in, in downtown raleigh and um i wore a black suit you know i didn't have a black tie i, I did have a i had a pattern tie on but the black suit's going to come up so anyway so that with was a white shirt yeah so i had i didn't have a white a white dress shirt on but i mean you know it wasn't it wasn't a funeral or a wedding. No. But they they did say wear a suit, and a, and a black suit's what I had. So I I'm guess, with you on you that. Know, I, I should have worn a gray suit or okay. something else. But anyway, so that morning I get up and uh, get ready, and I literally ride the elevator down with um, Joe Pestranco that, that morning. And um, then I get off the elevator, and you know these guys are all kind of in the lobby of the hotel getting ready to go over to the— um,
2: I mean, this was a big one. This was when we had, like, all the CEOs of the national organizations yeah. came in. It was like a two-day thing. We had yeah. dinner over the night, and so we had – there were a lot of moving parts. To yeah, this. see, because, yeah,
3: I mean, I mean, like there was industry representatives because at the time Jake was manufacturing in North Carolina. There's was like know, 16 everything. or 20 and, and, of us in this delegation. Were, <laughs> there were deer people there, and Turner was there. And so there were a lot of industry people there, plus everybody on the committee. And, and the other superintendents around Raleigh came that weren't even – and so, um, at the time, I don't remember, you were, Chuck was just kind of consulting. Chuck Borman was just kind of consulting at the time, right? Just kind of helping out. I think transition. this is our transition year. Yes. yes. And so.
2: Um, but he so, would have
3: been organizing this. Yes. Year. Yes. 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 And so, um, so I walk up, uh, and I walk up, and I, I obviously speak to, to Chuck, and the first thing you have in his mouth, he says, uh, uh, oh, are you from Whitehorse? No, and no, 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 no.
2: What did he ask you first?
3: Well, they, did you bring the eight or well, the twelve? I'm, I'm going I'm to get to that. So he says, "Are you with White Horse?" And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking that is there like a White Horse Golf Club, White Horse Country Club? Has he confused me with somebody else? That's the first thought that goes through my mind. I was like, "No, I'm at, at Skybrook." And he's like, and then he doesn't even. He goes, um, he says uh He says, "Did you bring the fifteen passenger?" And so he thought I was. the... That's right uh, when I came walking. And so up. Tim walked up and sees it, walks up and catches the whole thing, and then. Um, so I
2: introduced Chuck to Rick again. Yes, as That's the right. superintendent, not
3: the bus driver. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, yeah, so this wasn't this wasn't the first time I had met Chuck, but um, he didn't forgive me after that. I mean, he did he, he did remember who I was, but yeah, I guess he thought that I was I was the guy who was going to take everybody to the statehouse. That's awesome, you know, to the um, and this
2: was without the beard. If I'm no. not mistaken, it would have been a goatee.
3: No, uh, I probably had a goatee at the time. Yeah. Oh, no. um, so, um, so yeah. So that was kind of. Um, of course, Tim walks right up, and I kind of look. At, he kind of bails me out, and then I said, "How long were you there?" He said, "I, I heard the whole thing." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what
2: happens from that is we now have a new committee and a new chairman, transportation committee. Right. Beautiful. That yeah. he is now in charge of. Nice. We even had like one of those gold name tags made. Did you that he could wear to conference that year with his name on wow. it? Wow, you still have Transportation it. Transportation chairman.
3: I do still have. I do still have it. Um, yeah, it was a it was the gold Carolinas badge and it had my name and it said Transportation Tech Committee Chairman. Text
0: Krieger a picture of that
3: later. And um, what's interesting is that, uh, that was so John Davis was president and oh, even though man, um, that was eleven then. Yeah, and so even. Um, you Know John was in South Carolina, but he still came up for that thing. He was president of the association, and um, and it got to be it's, it's still, it's still if it, you know, just this past November, I'm standing in the John Deere booth, and John will come up and ask me about you know the motor pool, or ask me if I can pull a car, a car around for him, or ask me he's about a, what size van do I have. He's so, got a good sense of humor, yes, yeah, so absolutely, great guy, and so. So it's had it's had legs, and I think the year at the show I had the badge on. I think Trent came around and found a pic, found me and took a picture of me wearing the the uh, awesome. wearing the badge. I think it ended up in Carolina's green or something. And you can but
2: tell so. how much we had going on back then as an association because we focused a good two three days worth of fictitious committees <laughs> just <laughs> just to get my man involved. That's <laughs>
0: funny. That's funny. Well, how did you end up leaving, getting the Greenville turf?
3: So and tractor, um, in cedar. What's that?
2: That's not the official <laughs> name.
3: <laughs> it's like Greenville Turf
2: and Tractor. I want to be official. I had to throw in in Cedar. Well, <laughs> you listening, Pete?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I had been looking. I've been looking to to do something different um, for a while, just because things weren't that great at Skybrook, and um, and uh, you know, and I i even looked at you know doing some other stuff you know, within, within turf, but maybe outside of the golf industry. But, you know, I was really torn anytime I would talk, I would you know, dad had a couple of interviews and I'd talk to people and it was just one of those things where I had made, you know, so many good contacts and done such a pretty good, I thought I'd done a pretty good job networking that I just, it was going to be tough for me to just walk away from the industry just because, you know, it's, it was, it's all, you know, as an it's, adult. It's, well, and it, 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 it's a great industry. I mean, you you gonna talk about a lot on the podcast about how great this industry is and, and uh, and how you build those relationships, and they really they mean something. They're not just you don't just take them at face value. They're they're deeper than that. And um, so I, I was gonna have a hard time like just completely like getting away from golf. Right. And um, so you know I'd been looking at some stuff, and then um, uh, Russell Spangler, who had been the had been my rep with Greenville Turf and Tractor, uh, when he decided to go back to being a superintendent. Um, he kind of left my name down there with the sales manager and said, "You know, this is a guy in Charlotte that you should probably probably talk to." And um, and so that's and so you know so um, they reached out and to me. And who was the manager at the time? Ah, uh, Jeff Robinson at the time. So, the Hot Wheels collector. Yes, the Hot Wheels. That Jeff Robinson. That's Jeff, that, that Jeff Robinson, the Hot Wheels, the Hot Wheels guy. Like
2: for real, like <laughs> no, I believe you. Like I one just, of them pickers guys, like the. Mm-hmm. right still in the cardboard type yeah it's kind of
3: kinda, it's kind of crazy is he still about. there yeah but yeah he, no
2: pate's since taking that guy's yeah. position okay. that's okay.
3: too jeff still works for us he just he works uh, he's he's in the office as a so, as a uh, more of a coordinator we got to go back
2: to transportation okay. i think we can't tell the full version of the story but the reason it took so such legs is it was like it went on all day right and so that was the year joey was there
0: Joe Quick.
3: Yes, yes. Well, what? I, I didn't want to tell the night before. I didn't want to tell Joe him and that. Hap came up because we were trying to show oh, him the what golf, golf day was. Yeah, yeah. He worked with Joe. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So what did
2: Joe do? Well, we had fun that night, and we'll just leave it at that. Yes, there I'm, were a group of us that went right, We can
3: yeah. off-air story that. But as we're <laughs> heading back, I think it was a Vespa? yeah there was a vespa it was like it was somebody parked a Vespa and it was kind of chained and up, Joe like took a, a picture a, a fence you've seen that picture I got he, text that picture and he jumped on the, on the he, right. he jumped on the Vespa and um <laughs> we took a picture of him sitting on this yeah. on this guy somebody desk.
0: sent me that picture that night
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So probably me or Joe right. or one of us but anyways the transportation it just hit me as we were talking honestly yeah Joey, we gotta get we got to get Joey into this somehow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think Corinne, Corinne was out with us that night. Yeah, Grimaldi think,
3: with the uh, CMAA. So I think it like went out, yeah, so Corinne Grimaldi. It was me and you, Corinne Grimaldi, uh, Clint, and and and, Clint. And And Clint. yeah, and Clint. The Wood, five of us, yeah.
2: yeah. Who's Clint? Clint was the manager at Old Town at the time in Winston, and he is now the general manager down at Briars Creek in Charleston.
0: Okay, I may have met him yeah. Anyhow, sorry.
2: Sorry. That's what got the giggles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can tell you something really interesting. I may still have a picture of what I won that night on my phone. Uh, that, that's Just a, remind us when well, we get that. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's, a, that's, a, that's a good off-air story. I yes. do have
0: two work-related questions for you. Okay. Uh, when you go to GIS, are you going with Greenville Turf and Tractor, or are you going part of John Deere?
3: So the way GIS works for us is um, basically... Um, John Deere at GIS is responsible for setting up the whole booth. Whereas you know, if we go to the Carolina show, it's a uh, um, you know, um, Revels brings some equipment, Greenville brings some equipment. We all do. We do the booth setup in house, right? Um, GIS Deere handles everything, and then uh, basically we do. We have to do a, a, a matter of fact. I can do it Friday. It's a um, they do an online you know pre. It's like a webinar. They do yeah. kind of. It's like a prep for all the all the reps that are going. John Deere and, does. Right, John yeah, Deere does yeah. that, and then um, basically they just kind of tell you, kind of this is your your dress code is, and G I S typically we're, it's khakis, white shirt, blue blazer, right, and um and so you know Deere lays most all that out, and then we we're just kind of there present at the booth to see see customers. You know, your that, guys that come, come in, uh, so y'all girls. pay for that. Those shirts, obviously. <laughs> Well, I mean that, that, and that's and that's I'm sure there's somebody paying somebody at, you know the or, interesting or, or, relationship or between the distributors
2: and the national, but or Bob. What, what do you okay? Question. Well, let's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You had another question. Well,
0: my other question is kind of silly. You got any specials? Do you run specials? Anything going on? Any new equipment or? Are you allowed to say anything this close
2: to no, GIS?
3: I mean, I don't. Um, I, I
2: mean, I, d- is the personless mower coming this year?
3: I mean, I've, you I've talked about it last year. I know. I've, I've, I've um, I've heard.
2: I've heard soon. Um, you don't have one. You're demoing.
3: I don't have one that I've seen. Greenville uh,
2: Turf isn't demoing one.
3: Uh, it's possible. I know that, I think, uh, you turn, work for them. I well, I, <laughs> I do work for them. I do. I, I'm trying Did to company send out memos. within. Well, as far as I know, if Greenville, if Greenville's demo and a, um, that was for the you autonomous paid. fairway mower, then, um, I don't know where it's at. So, okay. um, um, you know, obviously I've spent a little bit more time with the GPS sprayer that deer has out now. Um, because I've sold some of those, so um, do you so have I, a demo? I do. I don't have a demo in Charlotte, but I do have we do, we do have GPS, GPS sprayer demo. Did
0: you see their tweet yesterday? The boom, the upside down thing.
3: No, John Deere. That was kind of
0: cool.
2: Where's the demo thing again? I've got some stuff we should try that on. I knew that was coming. Well, the the. <laughs> I should talk to Pate about you, this. So we're, are, are we're
3: going to GPS spray y'all's, uh, y'all's, y'all's food plots? <laughs> I, I the, think so,
2: <laughs> because then we get it on a foliar program. It, it would be great. Yeah,
3: it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, surprise me. I mean, do y'all have, because I mean, that group I know, um, isn't Russell Fleming's part of that group too? He started the whole thing, yeah. Well, okay, he found so, the land. And you got Pate there with tractors mm-hmm. and bush hogs and Planters and stuff like that. And we someday. So do you have? I mean, have you invited the fertilizer rep to get in on this so you can just get free <laughs> no. foliar? And no, all we screwed that stuff? up. We
2: got three superintendents and me. Other than that, well, see, so, that's yeah. the thing is you, you. know, We got new people coming in next year. Yeah. We think. Yeah, we got the sand guy, Amrick. Well, Hamrick. Was,
3: well he, that the,
2: helped at the house. The, the I yeah. top dressed the yard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Twenty-five tons, fifteen thousand square feet. How's was, that work out? Like that
3: Rob has the best. Rob's got the best sales job in the Carolinas. I mean, it's just nobody calls anybody else for anybody else for saying but him. it's just it's well, crazy. yeah, and he's
2: got people that work for him, so even better. So, <laughs> so they don't even have to call him directly.
3: <laughs> so, but no, you need to get a fertilizer guy in there. That way he can bring you the busted bags and stuff that you know. It's it's this. So it kind of young. feels like
2: joining a fraternity, right? So like if we get one of those guys on, right? Right. And all of you all that are listening just close your ears for the next 30 seconds, right? So if you get one of those guys on, aren't you limited? Like we would have to get a distributor, right? Not like a certain company guy because then you could only get that brand in, right? So it's kind of like if you join Sigma Chi Fula or whatever that's called, you can only go to their parties. But like me as an independent in college who didn't join a fraternity (laughs) – Meaning. You had options on the weekends. You could go to <laughs> right. the ATO, the KIOs, the whatever. You, could, you were allowed in as an outsider. Right. So it's kind of like the same concept here, right? So you need turf mail. So we can go hit up all our friends for their broken Wait, bags instead well, yeah, of you, one well, person's well, yeah. broken bag line. No, you see you where think, I'm
3: at there? You leave that, uh, that spot open and just invite different people and tell them that's, the, that's their... Uh, what we really need to do is get Bob involved and
2: write that one off as the corporate membership. So you could just bring guests, and then you could have access to
3: it. Uh, I bid you good luck with that one. I don't. I don't know if that will work. But I bet it's it.
2: cheaper than your beard care that you turn in <laughs> expenses for annually. I don't
3: get. To, I don't get to expense beard, beard care. I mean, I might but be, you do. I try to claim it on my taxes. Maybe, you know, <laughs> Is but, that beard uh, insured? <laughs> but I don't know. Oh my gosh! But, and if so, what part of it? All of it? Because
2: yeah, we trim it occasionally. In the flyaways, <laughs> how much are those? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a rider for the flyaways on your insurance program? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, I did get you sidetracked there. I apologize. Where were we, Alan? What was the, the question? I was
0: really just asking if there's anything I don't so know in the, the sales. Specials, you wanted to see if anything was on In sale. the sales world, they're trying to dump a bunch of stuff, hey, you can get well, this tractor for I'm
3: sure I'm sure Deer will have um I'm sure Deer will have some incentives, you know, either um from a financial I mean from like a, a um financing standpoint or some things like that that they will They'll roll out. So the perks um, end
2: up falling to the owners, not the superintendent.
3: What's that? You mean the, I'm not sure If I there's
2: benefits that. from the package, like if there's a, yeah, you know, like you just said, there's incentives built right. in. So the owner might save half a percent or something if they buy X, Y, Z versus, hey, we're going to throw in a 22 inch walk mower for the yard. <laughs> like you see, right. what I'm getting that right. like the owner's benefit, not you. Right.
3: Yeah. I Man. think I understand what you're saying.
2: I don't know. So, what's your AOR for Greenville Turf
3: and Tractor? So, um, yeah, like that question, Alan. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That's so, a good one. Yep. it's so basically, it's I mean, most of you got eight states, nine states. Oh, so you, Greenville Turf, not yours. Greenville Turf covers, yeah, it's, um, that's about right. So, it's, it's, oh, it's, uh, parts, parts of North Carolina, South Carolina, um, all of Georgia now. Parts of Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Tennessee, a little sliver of uh, Virginia and Kentucky, and um, some, um, I think I'll give you a little bit of Arkansas now. No
2: Louisiana yet. I had heard something about that. I thought up on the tip or something.
3: By nothing about nothing. No Louisiana. I think that's a different different distributor down there.
0: Just trying to get us some tickets for Monday. That's
2: all. Oh, if you
3: God. had some LSU business, got me some
0: So at the conference and show on Turner Revels episode, he talked yeah. about his son being Orange Theory, fitness, all that stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. He walked past me, and I was like, I know who that dude is. There is no mistaking him. So you guys, dude, he had even swollen up since we were describing him. Oh really. Like he, I swear that's the biggest I've ever seen him was at the
2: conference he, this year.
3: He used to be in law enforcement too, right? But he? His
2: head was even bigger.
3: Yeah. Like I, was, I
2: looked at him, I said, dude, your head's even gotten, like like his skull even looked bigger. What I'm yeah. trying to say
0: is don't pick a fight with those guys.
2: No, no
3: I, don't, I don't, I no. I, I wouldn't pick a fight with Turner. He's a good sized guy himself. Yeah. Yep. You know? He's but, no dwarf. No. <laughs>
2: no.
0: But he's not stacked like his son is. <laughs> no, but I mean, he just, he's got
2: those hands, you know, like a, Like a dairy farmer is all I can think of, you know, like a a stock man, you know what I mean? But Anthony, yeah. Right. Who's that dude? I thought you were going to say, okay, so Anthony's on the Orange Theory and all this. Rick, what do you do? No, no, no,
0: no. (laughs) I was just saying don't mess with those guys. Don't try and take their AOR. (laughs) Send him down.
2: Well, so if you think about what we've got in the Carolinas, right, we're all the way up to Lake Erie. We're across the Mississippi, and we're down all the way to the corner of Savannah, right? I mean, and then all the way up the Eastern Seaboard. Into at least uh, where the horses roam, right? Right. Yeah, Um, Corolla, I would guess. Yes, that's pretty damn big for two distributors of a national corporation to be based here in the Carolinas and the footprint that they're that they're servicing. That's phenomenal.
3: Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's big. I mean, as far as uh, and I think I think uh, I think Turner might have touched on this, but um, you know. how many distributors there were initially um, that that deer had on the um, on the golf and turf side and then that's kind of being kind of getting condensed down now and so you see guys kind of you know expanding in other territories and obviously you know um, we expanded um, was it two years ago uh, when um, show turf um, sold the Florida territory to a different distributor and then we picked up their southern Georgia and Coastal South Carolina territory. So you've got Hilton Head. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Which so, is big. Yep. And so that, you that's know, just as a, a couple years ago, correct? Yep. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so that's, uh, so yeah, I, I even thought about that. I listened to Turner's podcast that, you know, it, it is, um, it is pretty impressive when you look at the footprint, the geographical footprint of, um, of what Revels and Greenville are covering now for, for deer. And then you look at kind of the, um, the grassroots beginning of both of the companies—it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty impressive what, what both Lawn and Turner have have built.
2: And we're so lucky. I, I mean, we we're able to brag about it here on the podcast, and I hope it comes across the right way. But being blessed here in the Carolinas to have two of the top distributors in the country as
3: well—yes—that
2: cover such a big footprint—and we just happen to be the association that gets to hang out with you guys. You yeah. know, it's—it's it's pretty amazing. So, all right, give us your um, since we're talking about the company and. Uh, Lon that we're referring to Is Lon Fleming Yes He is the owner Correct? Single yes. owner of the company Bob that we, we Referred to Bob Maragas. Yes Formerly of um Reynolds Yes Kind of got Most of his Folks would know From down in Georgia Bob is the president Is that correct? That's correct So just to kind of Clue everybody in It's the names That we're talking about When we refer to them um, It's different for us They're Friends I could say Right, right. Um Very approachable Great guys Um And, again, I just want everybody out there listening to know who it is that we're actually talking about. So you've got an opportunity here. Why not take – give us your elevator speech. Give us your pitch for why you love the company, why it's a great company, why you work for them. Just tell the world what your thoughts are on who you work with now.
3: Um. Well, uh, one of the things about Greenville Turf and Tractor that's great is the fact that, you know, even though we talked about a large geographical footprint, the company is still small, still intimate. So I was just at the office yesterday and, you know, got to speak to both Bob and Lon. And the office
2: is still right there outside of Greenville, South Carolina,
3: Sandy Springs? Yep, in Piedmont. Okay. And so, I mean, I was at the office yesterday, you know, get to see the, you know, spoke with the owner, spoke with the president of the company. Um, nothing really that was any business discussion. Did just your any, beard come up? Uh, you know, I think somebody said, I think somebody told me that, you know, want to know if I had gotten all the presents delivered and, uh when we were catching up on, on holidays. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell
2: you, because the last time they were harassing him, they said it's time he needs a trim. Well, you know,
3: here's the thing about it. Pate may deny this, but. He's um, got beard envy. Well, Pate, I don't, I'm going to say beard envy, but, you know, me and Pate, uh, um, me and Pate were at a, a uh, first tee of Charlotte fundraiser back in the fall at Quail Hollow, and um, we took um, took our significant others, you know, to this. And it was a really nice dinner and and um, had a great time. And um, so anyway, um, Christy, my girlfriend, kind of got in a conversation with Pate about about my beard, and um, and it, and then uh, Pate told her that I, I really couldn't go without the beard now because it almost become a trademark. So. Uh, I feel like you know. Wow. I feel like I feel like the beard has Pate's endorsement, you know. So good for you. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna roll well, with.
2: Just as long as he doesn't leave, you're fine. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, but you he know, doesn't have a lot of open mobility. But There's uh, only two know, other but, spots, right? President <laughs> and <the> owner.
3: So <laughs>
0: well, I am gonna get to our normal question that we ask everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right now. Next, i got a question. What's your beard going to look like at the conference and show? You got any no, big plans? It, it'll whoa, be whoa, whoa.
3: GIS or November? GIS, I'm sorry. So I'll, it's I'll, going to uh, be a little shorter. It's trimming. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be getting it trimmed up by then. It's kind of, you know, i kind of let it go through the holidays a little bit.
2: Can you tell Alan's excited? He's going to his first golf industry show. He's like, what are you going to do? Where are you going to
0: go? How's your beard going to look?
2: I'm just, kidding.
0: I'm just I, I am excited. Don't get me wrong. No, I love it. I think it's great. What booth number can they come see the beard at? do you know gosh
2: i john deere i'm sorry
3: there'll be a banner hanging over i I don't know the i don't know if i know the number what's our booth number
0: alan five five nine three just kidding oh i was like (laughs) dude you (laughs) remember no i don't even remember did you know
2: we
3: were
0: having a booth until
2: i told you this morning no
3: i didn't know until you made the announcement this morning at breakfast that y'all were doing it that sounds sounds great
2: so y'all will be seeing more of this um since you'll be hearing this before the golf industry show but uh Yeah, you can look for Big Al and uh, Little Tim, I guess is what you call it. Um, uh, We will have – the Carolinas GCSA is actually going to have a booth in each morning of the trade show for the first four hours. We're going to have kind of meet the staff and directors. So we'll have it kind of manned as such. And And that's when I
0: get to run around doing whatever. That's
2: when Alan will go do his Big Al's Emporium with big money and whatever they do and take pictures and – Basically, get their bag full of free stuff from all the booths. Yep. Yep. They'll go do that in the morning. And then at lunch, we're going to convert the booth over and do pulling weeds like this. Okay. Recording in the afternoons. And we've already got some scheduled guests for both days. Okay. So, we're pretty excited about it. So, you have to stop by. I will do that. Yeah. Pick up your swag. We don't have any for you right now. We're out right now.
0: Tim does normally bring
3: the guests a hat. Yeah. the the golf board people be there at the booth? Golf board. He has a... Yeah, you know, they had an obstacle course set up. One, one. Yeah, huh? Yeah, the surfboard, you know, the skateboard, surfboard things that you the can ride. Right bag up on. The oh yeah, yeah, they
2: had
0: one set up. Yeah, yeah. And they had an obstacle course.
3: Yeah, you actually drive one. That's got to be. Actually, uh, had uh, went over there and had to check that out. Anybody
0: might get hurt on that thing.
3: Uh, you know the the guy the guy yeah. the the, the rep, I don't think anybody hurt, but the rep would actually kind of go with you. Now that the, the segways. Now I've seen people like the segways. I hit my really head one the,
2: time on a sprinkler riding a segway <laughs> and cut it. That's
0: funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was up. I was doing good, but it went dink. What my, was the first car you drove?
3: Uh, my first car was a 1981 Ford Escort.
0: Wow, little thing.
2: I'm put, guessing beigeish, it was yellowish. Like, it was
3: red, um, and we called it the Fresh Court. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, the first named
2: vehicle, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> in
3: like 1820
2: episodes, yeah, first was, named. Well, okay, start start all over. Fresh court. The fresh court.
3: I mean, you can't. Um, you can't have a Ford Escort as a car. Oh, the fresh court. There, there's nothing, There's nothing cool about a Ford Escort, so you better give it a cool name. Was that
2: like when I had the Explorer? It was the Exploder. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like if
0: the three of us got in an Escort, it might not go up a hill.
3: Well, it was this definitely. If You if, could just uh, narrow that to two of us. <laughs> if your brakes ever went out on an escort, you could always, if you turn that air conditioner on, it would uh, it slow the car down anyway. So that was always. You stretched your legs out. I thought you were going to tell me you could Flintstone stop it. was a bit. Back right. in Danville. You, did, in, uh, you had gravel roads <laughs> or dirt roads, so it wouldn't hurt oh, your feet when you just stuck a, them out the built side. Built-in auxiliary braking mechanism. Just flip the AC on and.
2: So it'd be good now for um, drifting, I think, is what the kids do with those well, now, right? Yeah. With wow. the parking, the hand parking
3: brake. What's, what's funny is, is uh, I think, you know, everybody, obviously, it's, it's a cool question to ask because obviously it probably gets people going, but um, um, anybody's first car is probably somewhat special to them. It'd be nice if I had my first car with something that was collectible, but, you know, an Escort's not really Would collectible, you? but it was a, 81 was the first year of the Escort, and so basically the... And then '80 was the last year of the Pinto, and so um, even though the Pinto was more dangerous, I really think it was probably cooler than an Escort. But um, you can probably
0: afford an '81 Escort now,
3: can't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm sure you can. There's probably junkyards full of them. I, I, <laughs> I don't know though. I don't see. I don't see many of the. <laughs> Were hold, you saying something about his
0: sales job? I don't
3: no, see I'm
2: many,
0: just saying. I bet he could afford a Hummer now if he wanted I, to. He's killing it. I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> just saying if he wanted to get him a. If nostalgia wise, go get them eighty one Escort, probably about two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. Well, what
3: was bucks. The super we were gonna get me? The Brat.
0: Yeah. Did but you
3: Google? No, you said a thing. Seats in the back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like that. I wanted a thing.
2: Right. The VW. You remember those? Yeah. There was one for sale in Greenville, but I think it was the Brat we talked about that Chuck yeah. found one for sale like out in Seattle. It was four hundred bucks or something. <laughs> wow. Well, the, I'm sorry, Bulldog. The, Bulldog.
3: The, the, the fresh Court only cost six hundred bucks, and. um you know, I think my dad. I think the deal that my dad did it was a it was a um, secretary in his office that was selling it, and she wanted six hundred bucks for it. And I think that uh, the deal was my dad told me that we'd buy it, but I had to come up with half the money. So uh, I, you know, had saved up. I'd saved up three hundred dollars. Yeah, me buy half. So half this wasn't money. a family car handed down. No, uh, no. So even better. So he, um <laughs> so he showed, and he just he drives this thing home. I mean, brings it home from work one day, and it was. uh I mean, it was suitable transportation, uh, you know. Um, this is that Geico commercial, right, where the kid gets the car, like, what do I do with this? And the mom's like, <laughs> 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 That's
0: I have this vision
2: of your dad pulling up in that thing and well, you uh, out of the it was fun. driveway like,
3: dad? He, he, yeah, we paid $600 for it, and then we had to immediately work on it <coughs> um, in the driveway um, to kind of get it uh, road-worthy. Um, and um, I think after owning it I think I had it for three years and I think by the time it finally conked out I'm pretty sure I had more money in uh, stereo equipment in it than I did than the car right. was worth you know? for sure so when yeah. I junked it um, I had to go through it and pull everything of value out of it
2: so at that point in your life when you have a stereo in this fresh court
3: mm-hmm.
2: are you are you a DJ Magic Mike Thumper or are you more of a Metallica
3: you know b- back I mean, where are you at here back are, are you then, a Ramones
2: guy I mean where are you at well,
3: uh, see, b- back then, um, when I was... Back then when I'd have been in high school, it would have been uh, more... Were you a thumper? Been, a bass th- thumper? No, no, no. I, I mean, I do like old school hip-hop um, much more than I do new stuff. So, I mean, I did listen to a good amount of, you know... Um, um, Ice Cube, Ice-T would have been yeah, your guys. So, and But I also listened to, you know, Metallica and G&R and bands like that, too. My man. Um, so... Um, my musical tastes now are 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 um. Tell them how long your hair used to be. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did. I was a little period there, in which kind of I me and you were kind of battling it out, seeing who could. You remember when mine was long? The longest, kinda the longest. Hair.
2: Like I mean, hanging off the back like that, like whipping around, it. like Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah.
3: Except, yeah. I don't think you were that gray. No, it's it's gone. Uh, it's gone. It's, I probably had more. I probably had more uh, more color in the facial hair too. Back then. See,
2: I think you're going through some of the same struggles as me. People assume you're 70 because of the beard age.
3: No, and I tell people I'm only 44, and I tell people yeah. that, and they're like, ah, there's no way." Who was it this really. morning?
2: <laughs> Valari says to Senator Johnson last night. Oh, yeah, you'll recognize him in the morning. He's about your age. He's the guy with the gray beard. Right. <laughs> the senator looks at him, he's like, how old do you think I am? <laughs> right.
3: You hear what I'm saying saying? Uh, oh, yeah,
0: crazy. Anyways. Well, thank you for joining us.
3: You got it. Tell everybody it. to uh... –
2: Anything you want to share with
3: the world before we well, get out? Well, I mean um, – We don't want to cut you off. Well, I mean – But we will. I guess, I mean, I'll, 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 uh, um, I, mean I don't know if y'all have any, any questions for me on, the, on anything else on the transition um, between – that superintendent, a sales job, or if you needed me to expand on any more on Greenville Turf and Tractor, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not in a hurry. Well,
2: how about for anything. the world out there? Yeah, I think, just real quick, we got another minute, Alan? Yeah. I think one of the, the things that you and I touched on when we talked about having you on the off-course episode was, one, we do superintendents the first of the month. Everybody's kind of aware of that after the first season. In the middle of the month, it's off-course. You're that transition guy, right, who's right. gone from the superintendent into sales. So... I don't know, maybe share with the world out there or any guys who are thinking about it or, you know, if you got any advice for them, if you would do it, you wouldn't do it or is it the right company mix or, you know, have you found that you're still yearning to go back and grow grass? Do you need to come spend some time in my yard um, to fulfill that?
3: Well, oh.
2: <laughs> I was waiting for Alan to chuckle at that. That's the ass. You haven't been involved in the yard yet.
3: Oh, no, I haven't.
2: You should call Chuck about that. Okay. But go ahead.
3: Well. Anything about the transition that we've missed? Yeah, no, I mean it well I will say that um are you happier? No, I I enjoyed I really enjoyed doing this. Um I really do um I kind of um consider it a new chapter for me. I don't really uh, I talked to other guys that you know were in the same shoes as me that you know um did done the same thing and um you know I I really um I enjoyed my time on that side of the business and it definitely I think helps me where I am now to have the expertise sitting across the desk from somebody else when they know that you've been in their seat and um, so you know and I don't ever really view this as a sales as much as I view it as just trying to be a partner with people trying to help people out trying to be there when people need you and you want to treat people the same way that I would have expected to have been treated when I was a superintendent so uh, that's kind of how I go about it I think that Initially, you know, if somebody had told me when everything was, you know, good for me, or the, my first part of being a superintendent when it was great, I think I would have said, um I think I would have um Time
0: out okay. right. wait wait. Okay. Wait till ten gets through messing with that.
3: So I think if um somebody when I was when things were good for me at Skybrook, I think if somebody said, you know, you should try sales, I think I probably would have said, No, nah, I don't know if I have to, could I get the you know could do that personality would work or Whatever. And sometimes in sales, you almost have to have somebody else kind of encourage you to say, no, no, you, you, you could do that, you know. Um, and so that always helps. But, you know, on the end of it, anybody out there who's thinking about it, I don't think anybody that's effective as a golf course superintendent hasn't had to be – has had to sell something before anyway. Sure. Uh, so, you, you know, you've always – you know, when you're a superintendent, you're always trying to talk, you know – your owners or your board into a project or into um you know. or your staff into picking up skunks right. yes exactly so at some point in time you've sold something to somebody you've had to make a presentation you've had to present um present stuff to people and you, you've had to do stuff to kind of you know um to help yourself along you know you've had to sell something so um but i never i didn't really go into it with the mindset of um you know I, I guess there was straight sales as much as I'm still in the industry I'm still getting the service the industry and I'm just going to go about this as the way that I would expect you know people to if you told me tomorrow I need to go out and sell refrigerators or color television sets I don't know how good I'd be at it because I I didn't haven't lived in that world but you know um, my experience on the golf side just it, it's helped and it also helped me the fact that you know a lot of, you know i didn't go into a completely foreign territory i had been here in charlotte for 10 years served. you know been served on the nsta board been the past president of nsta so i already knew a lot of the guys i was initially going to start calling on from the being in, in charlotte and also from being involved with the carolinas so you know a lot of those contacts weren't transportation their, chairman they weren't cold calls and then the other thing about the sales side is that you get opens up some other s- segments of the Turf industry because you know not only the golf courses we also call them parks and rec departments we call them um, sports turf colleges universities um, I have you know both of the minor league teams here in Charlotte are, are John Deere John Deere accounts and and um, so that that's been fun for me is the fact that you know you still have the golf side but then also get to you know learn more about other te- other other segments of the of of, of, the, of the turf industry
2: How many days a week are you playing
3: golf? Uh, I don't. I'm not David Sluder. I don't play golf once a week. Wow. Hmm. I don't sorry. know David, but that was a shot sorry. fired. Oh, wow. Sorry, David. I hope you're listening,
2: Sluder.
1: <laughs> I mean, in his game
2: for what does he say? He's a 12 or something who's never shot over 80. Yeah, he plays a good bit.
3: No, I, I probably played more golf. I played more golf as a. I played more golf in sales, than I probably did as a superintendent, even though I was on the golf course all the time. But it's just one of those things where there's just you know i don't I rarely ever knock off and say, I'm going to go play golf, but you know, it's just you know you go to more industry you go to more industry events because it's your job to be there and sure. see people and meet people so you typically don't miss those opportunities. How so, many locals are you a member of? Uh, just two so uh, upstate and the NSTA. And nice so um,
2: when you fly with John Deere, I'm sorry, when you fly for Greenville turf, do you fly first class I do not fly first class hmm. Might have been a reference to the last guy we were just talking yeah, was, about.
3: Yeah, I was thinking that that was, was Should we bring that up? Nah. <laughs> no,
2: I don't really, know what we're talking let's,
3: about. Let's let that one lie. We don't need to we don't need to we don't need to pull the scab off of that one. I think it's healed right now. I think it still gets bled <laughs> on every now and then from what I hear. Well it's always fun to bring it up at the right time. You no, know? I think it still happens though.
2: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think that was a one timer. <laughs> no. uh, so I, answer the question. When you fly, what do you fly? When
3: I fly, I fly coach. Okay. That's what I do. That's all we needed to hear, folks. So Alright,
2: anything else on the transition? We've kept it way too long. No. Plus uh-oh. Barry's gonna kick us out. No, yeah, probably
3: but no, that that's that's pretty much you know Well thank you. But I do enjoy it. I feel
2: like you as a plant in this thing in the corner have grown a good four inches with these lights I was on you the last This, this
3: uh this thing has kind of I think it Droop. has gotten it's def-
2: to it, me. well it climbed over the top of your mic and <laughs> weighted it down midway through. That was that noise we heard. We had to reset the mic.
3: A little shop of horror is in here.
0: I'll see it GIS. We'll do a little video with that beard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> It'll be much shorter by then.
0: Should I try and?
2: Can we time the day, and I'll try and blow dry mine one day, you know, and not what, blow
0: dry it the next
2: day? You, and we don't can see try. If it's Different.
0: You won't beat that.
3: You got it. Well, you, I probably need to send you some balm too. Probably just need to. just well, I've got it some oils. Send you some. But the, essential oils. But the balm has the beeswax in it. That's what you need. You got to have the hold. Not out just there. lavender. And after this thing comes out, I'm gonna get killed out there. The good news is, if they're not making fun of you, they don't like you, right? So, I mean, here
2: we go. You got so many friends out there. I got
0: a feeling you're going to get bombarded with beard questions. Well, and main maintenance. I think well. you might have to start a Twitter feed on the Queen Charlotte. Is there folks. Air, is there an airification like, process where you move part of it so it grows back?
2: Are you, yeah, are you like I, doing the uh, the shears with yeah, the the part cuts. The, no, the, the, I
3: uh, I don't. I, nothing nothing crazy. I I uh, I tell you, there's a guy. Oh uh, there's a guy that does a lot of social media stuff named Greg Brzezinski, who's the beard guy, okay. and he's kind of like this guy has. So you follow him. I do follow him. Uh, he has his own product line too. But this guy is like this, just ridiculous. Just I mean, his is gray too. But I mean, it's just you know, it's just so it's like turf beard size, but gray. Uh, I don't know if his is that size. It's just that you know this guy's beard is just like one of the, it's, it's a great. It's just I mean, he even he does the whole thing with the mustache and the oh, and geez. the and the, the and Raleigh the, fingers. Yes, and the and the waxing and the, like you know he does all he, he even shaved his off last year just to kind of show. He shaved it to grow it back just to kind of, because people follow him. they like, oh, I can't grow a beard. Right. Or, I can't, mine it and fill in. And so he just was like, he shaved it to kind of show that he is mm-hmm. uh He's not perfect either. Right. So he isn't perfect either. That right. is a process. You have to kind of, everybody has spots yeah. that don't fill in. And if you get the length, then it begins to cover up. and You got to work it. So I guess, you know, when I was you first. Time, work for long, I you got for to work it. You got to work it, I went for the longest time, and I really would like to get to a certain length and just buzz it down and just. And then, I, you know, I came across this guy, and I was like, you know. Oh, it's a dude that trims your beard? No, 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 no. The, I, I have a female oh. a female barber. Okay. I go to a barber though. I mean, she's she's a barber.
2: She still uses the uh, the leather strap to.
3: She does do uh, straight razor on um. She does straight razor on my cheeks and straight razor on my neck. She doesn't do my she doesn't neck, do this. My back. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. So a uh, straight uh. razor and the whole whole nine I
2: did not mean to make this a beard episode Alan I am sorry, uh, sorry. yeah because
3: I mean you could have had you could have had Turf Beard on here if you're going to talk about that he's way more impressive than mine well but,
0: we'll just know. have to see how his episode goes compared to yours I'm uh, curious we... what product he's using because that's a lot of money he, if he's putting all product in that whole
3: thing how
0: much time you spend on yours before you leave the
2: house it's in the not, morning? It's really, Thirty
3: minutes? No, 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 nothing like that. I mean, it, it's pro- it, it, it probably it's probably only. You know,
2: Are you using a Dyson hair
3: dryer? No, no, just okay. a. Is it a mini hair dryer? rabbit? It's just a regular hair dryer. It's a con air. Hot or, or cold setting? It. It's well, you start with warm and Depends. then and then you hit it with a cold shot and then. <laughs> You're lying. You know what's funny about this? <laughs> no, is he's no, not. not. I knew this would get you, out. this was funny: is I got, I, got a, I was at home over Thanksgiving and uh, I got a. A buddy of mine, probably my longest friend in the world, grew up in the same neighborhood and everything. He's a school teacher. <coughs> and he'd grown out this beard. And so I go out to this house to see him at Thanksgiving. And, you know, this thing is just it's all over the place. And I'm like, Brian, you need to. He's got a flock of geese, is what you're so saying. So I'm like, Brian, I was like, I was like, you gotta, you need to you gotta tighten that up. And and his wife is a uh, is a stylist. And um, you know, so she says, What do you do to yours? And so I start going this whole process, and his wife is just, you know, just listening to me, and she's like so I start talking about the whole thing of you know the, the round brush and you know you warm it, then you hit it with a cold shot and it kind of pulls it off straight. And then she says, "That's impressive." You know, there's women that sit in my chair. I can't even get the com- <laughs> the, to do that with their hair. Do you, the fact that you've gone oh. this every morning. I mean, I, well, sometimes on the weekends I'll just you know I might go go you know not mess with it on the weekends. Just pull. Oil when he's, for, pull when oil he's not for going it. out the house, he'll but. I feel like if I'm going to have it, you know, if I'm going to if if I'm going to have it, then it probably should put the effort into it. I mean, you know. So you me. never
2: leave the house with a wet beard, per say, like no, the women leave the house with their wet no, hair. No, no, I don't. I do. Well, It'll well, still get on my shirt some mornings. That's where I'm totally, in. totally.
3: It's, and some guys, have, I mean, you know, some guys have good enough beard where they don't need to, they don't need to do that. I I need to do it to make mine look somewhat decent. I mean, um, are some you guys, jealous of those guys? Well, I mean, it's like, you know... Um, not when you look at their back. Well, <laughs> we were... Because, yeah, some guys may be like, oh, no, I just brush it out, and I just... And it looks fine. But, I mean, for me, mine, I just... In you know, order for me to feel good about how it looks, I just put a little more time in it. But it's... I don't know. It's not even 10 minutes. Once, you, once you're once you doing it, it's just probably five minutes or so. There's right, a mechanic
2: but, in Liberty, and uh, the girls take all their cars to this shop. I mean, he's a good guy. I've known him the whole time I've been there. And uh, he's got this beard. And I went over there a couple weeks ago to look at the hunt truck. And, man, it was straight and pure. I mean, it went from me, nasty looking, to like you, but yet viola. And I said, Bernie, man, what you been doing? He's like, oh, yeah, I learned. I was like, you blow drying that thing? He said, every morning, and oils, and product. And
3: he's like all bragging about it. Mm. Well, the only- Mechanic. The other thing too about the balms is like you know they usually put, I mean they put some scented essential oils in them just like they do the beard oils and. But it's the beeswax I got it. Right, and the beeswax kind of helps hold it. But then if you do the butter, it has shea butter in it, not quite as much hold as the balm with. But beeswax. better for your skin. Yeah, so I've got all three at home. I just kind of pick and choose what I want to do with it. But I use balm more. Depending on the anything day. Else. Yeah.
0: All right. So wrap us just up, Alan. Go to GIS. And go to John Deere booth, and you see the best-looking beard, walk up and talk to him. He'll be happy to sell you a product if you're in his AOR. Oh, you mean like a John Deere product? Yeah, he'll say Oh, I thought you meant a beard product. Well, he'll give you beard advice, but he's going to sell you John Deere stuff. All right, here's our our
2: suggestion for you for this upcoming GIS. Mm Mm-hmm. Go to your beard store and get some samples and have some for everything that we need. So all of us beard folk, when we come up to you, you can just have a little trial pack. Yeah. And you can say, "All right, you got to get your own blow dryer." I know there's one in your hotel room that you're staying in. Yeah, here's your little trial pack of your beeswax. Your Let's go ahead.
0: Oil. Let's go ahead and set a time where we can go by. Anybody can come by at one time and be like a beard seminar. This is my routine. What you need to do?
2: Oh, we should film it. Yeah, and put it on the weed. Yeah. Yeah. On our social media channel yeah. On the YouTube channel
0: We could do a uh, Beard grooming with Dr. Well,
2: Rick
3: What's the You know the, Not Brandenburg <laughs> the, the guy that sounded at Myrtle Beach uh, Jared Foreign He's a, uh, one of the McConnell courses uh, Which one is down there Myrtle Beach um, He comes up Reserve and yeah, he comes. He comes in. He works at. He works oh, at, he his assistant. At, yeah, he volunteers at the quail, and so you oh, know, yeah, and, he's got a beast. Yes, he's one of them naturally. Wise yes, you're talking and about. so that's what you know. We were at. Um, we, we were volunteering at quail one time uh, a couple years ago. Like at, he could be Bigfoot. Right. It's. I mean, it, it's. It's majestic. I mean, it's yes. You know, and so. Um, <laughs> it's like reddish too. Yes, it's impressive, it's and, beautiful. you know, Um, but we're at. at we're working. Um, the quail working at Quail Hollow, volunteering for the—I can't remember—was PGA or the. World I think Club, it was. I was days. there. He was up for the PGA. And and so well, he, he comes up every year to work, and um, so, um, so they, they were, I would—they put they put me one time with Chris Simon from Harold. So we're roommates together in the hotel, in the hotel down there, we're staying down there, and. So Chris was giving me giving me a bunch of crap in the mornings because you know I would you know I at like, three
2: in the morning you're so out was, there blow yeah, it drying take this thing that
3: long so I was like getting over putting the putting the stuff in it before I went in because sometimes I'll get I work a morning shift and I'll go out and see some guys and so anyway so we get there and he's like well, Jared what are you putting in that thing and he's like nothing at all you know <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like well I'm envious of you man because oh, yeah. I have to I have to do a little bit of work that
2: dude's thing is. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. It's a,
3: it's a good beard.
2: Yeah. He's got a walking animal on his face.
0: Well, <laughs> kudos for him and his beard. Okay, nice. All right. That's it. Let's go see Rick and the beard, and we'll learn some stuff and buy some John Deere stuff at the GIS. Sounds good. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you, Rick. And for being
2: the
3: chairman for us. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Glad sir. to be here.
0: For 50 years, Regal has been helping golf course superintendents and their teams create courses that make them proud. Using the Regal Report, a proprietary technology solution, the Regal sales team can offer different options for programs and treatments, and help their customers find the optimum blend of agronomic and economic value. For more information, visit us on the web at regalchem.com, that's regalchem.com, or follow us on Twitter at regalchem.com chemical All right, everybody got enough beard talk in their system now? Holy cow! I feel like a cat about to throw up a fur ball. I know, but I'm serious. Everybody needs to go to GIS. If you're a GIS, stop by the John Deere booth and see his beard. Or was it stop by the Carolinas booth and meet the staff, the board, and Big Allen Tim? Come see Tim's beard, our beards first that aren't as impressive. I don't know what I'm going to do. Should I shave beforehand
2: now? No, 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 no. It was pretty thick last year compared to this. you thick yeah. right now. Is it? Yeah. No, I feel like I'm... Well, I guess. I keep thinking back to Quail Hollow last year when we met up with Keith and that thing was right. Bright.
0: Right. That's was a good six months worth of... Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to GIS. Sounds like it. You're pretty excited. Yeah. Trying to promote it for you, man. For me? Yeah. For the team. For the Carolinas. Ain't no I in team, but there is in Carolinas. You called me out, though. I am looking forward to getting some freebies. <laughs> Walk around my microphone. And I might even judge them, judge people on their freebies or giveaways. The twenty one nine was the year of Tim's ask. The dub dub is the year of the AK ask. <laughs> we did get a hat. You got a hat. You got a hat. I know. Unless no, I got two you hats, have,
2: you can take them to the kids. That's no, no, no,
0: no. I just need one. Oh, I'll rock this one. Yeah. Mm. So, what was your favorite part of today? Mm-hmm. Of the interview, or of today? The interview first. Probably talking about his fresh court a little bit in the old car. How slow am I? That
2: didn't dawn on me when he said that. Oh, yeah? Fresh. I'm thinking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or something in that time frame, not just...
0: No, I want to say I've heard escort, somebody call it, it a fresh court before.
2: That's pretty cool. It might be a
0: Florence thing. but I couldn't believe it was red, though. I didn't expect red. I guess maybe from the secretary. How many colors do you think were offered in the 1981 Escort? Beige. That's
2: why I go with beige. I think it probably, probably beige seen. and red. Probably beige two colors. Beige
0: white. Probably a
2: blue one. That white wasn't as popular back then, was it? Mm. Seems like white is the color now.
0: You think? I don't know. I, just... now, I will say when it comes to white trucks, and I think you pointed out, you got to your, your, uh, <coughs> hit your button because there's so many white trucks at the superintendent conference that you don't know which one's yours.
2: How many 2016 to 2019 white Silverado 1500s can you put in one parking lot?
0: Yep. Or
2: white F-150s. Right. Blow them all up. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, in the Carolinas, we're mm. mostly what? What do you see mostly? Dodge, Chevys? Oh, I don't know. I, no. You ever know. noticed? No. Pay attention. like It's fun like when I go to these other states for the golf industry show. I think it's definitely Chevy Ford. It, you'll see differences. like You get down into uh, the deep Texas part of it, and it was like Dodge City for some right, reason. Right, right, right.
0: Uh, these big farm
2: trucks, et cetera.
0: I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But how about Longview? That's cool. Can we talk about it a little bit today since we're there? Frosty. It was a beautiful clubhouse, good breakfast. Holy hidden gem of Charlotte, huh? Yeah, I know. You ever been here? No. Totally surprised. Did you
2: see some of those houses when we left to come over to the maintenance job? I don't remember. They were...
0: We may have come a different way as
1: well.
2: Daryl said to me today, one of the holes on, what was it, six or eight? Okay. The house runs 120 yards
0: the length of the hole. Wow. Yeah. Bigger than a football field. You
2: can hit full wedge from the dining room to the kitchen. Man.
0: (laughs) Folks, there's some money hidden over here in Waxhaw, North Carolina. Yep. Did you see the police running radar up up on the main road up there? Mm -mm. Yeah. On my way here, I did. No. I saw some last night on 85. No, they were standing out there clocking.
2: uh... Well, I guess we should have to give him props. That poor guy has been riding up and down 85 with the territory that he covers now the whole construction period. This road
0: oh, sucks. Does it? Oh. I'm not a fan of Charlotte traffic, period. It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter when you leave. No, in Fort Lawn. I don't know what's going on in Fort Lawn, but everybody must work live in Fort Lawn and work in Charlotte because that, that was very congested. And that's the little area between Rock Hill and Charlotte? Correct. And actually, there was a guy whose car broke down the middle of the road, which probably started the backup. But
2: you imagine being that guy
0: in Charlotte? Yeah. He had a cop. He had had the gas tank open like it could have been out of gas, and the cop had a battery plug trying to jump him off. It's all about 7.15 in the morning in a a school zone. So, but we made it. We made it. Yep. Good to see Charlie Roundtree today. Always good to see Charlie. And I got to finally meet your North Carolina person, Mm -hmm. Charlie Valeri. Chris Valeri. Chris Valeri. Charlie, Randy. Yeah,
2: I rolled them all into one. Sure. Folks, if you keep up with the series, Alan's not all about first names.
0: Nope.
2: It's okay, though. So we haven't done any fun agronomic terms lately. I've, I've been thinking about that some. Should we get back to some of those on the superintendent issues or additions? Yeah. yeah. All right. What do we have next um, in the pipe coming up? Anything exciting we can tell people about? Well, we've got some pro series coming up.
0: We've recorded three of those episodes already. Correct. And we're going to do some recording at the Golf Industry Show. But yeah, I guess that's who will be on the first is somebody from GIS? Probably. We're going to have a, a number of.
2: Uh, well, let's just be surprised. We'll,
0: we'll let you know when we're down there. Right. So uh, remind everybody since this is the last episode, part of that, stop by the booth. What time? Uh, on Wednesday. The open recording.
2: Uh, the trade show, I believe, on Wednesday is 9 to 5, and so we're going to convert the Carolinas booth over to the Pulling Weeds recording about 1 o'clock that day. Okay. Start recording, I think, at 2, conversion time 1 to 2, and then the Thursday, I think it's 10 to 4 it's open, okay. so we're going to go with conversion times of, uh, I think, 12 to 1, and then record in the afternoon from uh, 1 to 4. But we've got some guests lined up already. We do have some guests lined up already, and we're also going to ask all of you To stop by. Right. And I think the the open mic times would be the last hour of the trade show every day for sure. Okay. And if we have more, we will announce them on social media.
0: Cool. But for
2: sure, 4 to 5 on Wednesday and uh, 3 to 4 on Thursday. Swing by. Introduce yourself. Any of our followers. We're going to give anybody anywhere from, you know, 2 to 7 minutes per. Yep. Introduce yourself. Tell hello to the world through the Pulling Weeds platform.
0: Bring a good funny story. I always appreciate a funny story.
2: Funny story, first car or... Do
0: you play Fortnite? Do you
2: play Fortnite?
0: Just kidding. That was so 2019.
2: And if we get super organized, folks, we may have a list of 10 questions that you could be asked that we'll just post. There you go.
0: And come see our new backdrop banner. Oh, yeah. Big time, folks. Big time. Soundboard's coming next. Beautiful. Yep. Thank you all for listening. See you at GIS.
1: Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds Off Course. To join the Carolinas GCSA and become a member, visit carolinasgcsa.org or call 1-800-476-4272. Follow us on Twitter at Pullin underscore Weeds and on Facebook at Pullin Weeds Podcast.